Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Virtual on Relay FM. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by Squarespace. A better web starts with your website. Bravewave, the best independent music label you've never heard of. And Dash, create beautiful dashboards with a few clicks. My name is Mike Hurley and today I am joined as always by my friend Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, hello Mike. How you doing? I'm doing great. Recording a little bit later this week, but it's a busy week for both of us, I think. Yeah, I'm still um, assembling my new house. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it's um, uh, it's I'm tired, but yeah. you know, yeah. uh, the coffee helps. And uh, there's been an Apple event, so as you can imagine, yep. a lot of sleepless nights or almost sleepless nights. And um, so, you know, a few a few days ago, um, I went to bed at like six a.m. Um, because I stayed up all night to to write um, about the new Macs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at 9 a.m., the plumber <laughs> came to my house earlier than I was expecting him. And so with three hours of sleep, I needed to open the door and, you know, pretend that I didn't have only three hours of sleep. It was pretty embarrassing, actually. Um, but at least my pipes have been fixed. Hooray! So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pleased. Yeah, I'm pleased too. Uh, Mike, I'm super jealous of a game that you've been playing. Yes. But before you tell me about it, I know we have a piece of follow-up from listener Dan. Mm-hmm. You want to tell me about listener Dan? Yeah, so if you remember last week, we were talking about me trying to learn Super Smash Brothers. Um, and when I was saying that you were mentioning about how it's probably harder for me because I didn't have a manual because I... Uh, I wouldn't have had a manual because I didn't buy the physical copy of the game. I bought it from the eShop. Well, Dan, let me know that you actually do get a digital copy of the manual with eShop games on the 3DS home screen. So you'll see if you if you select the game um, on the home screen where you, you have two buttons that then appear at the, on the bottom screen. One says open, the other says manual. So you press that and you can open the user manual for Super Smash Bros. on 3DS. Well, there you go, Mike. Didn't help me at all, but I'm glad that's there. No, come on. <laughs> okay, so now that uh, you know all the Apple events are over, um, hopefully no more Apple events, no more crazy writing sessions, I can go back to um, playing a lot of video games uh, every day, every week, and I can teach you um, this Super Smash Brothers thing, and we can, um, you know, exercise, train against each other. And um, I, I'm sure you will enjoy it. I'm, will, I'm willing to give it a go. Willing to give it a go. So you give it a go too with the, with the Super Smash. And instead, I will make good on my promise from a few months ago to play Minecraft. Only I will play it on the Vita because it's out. It and is. I know that you've been playing. That's the game that I'm jealous of. So tell me about Minecraft on the PS Vita. So I've been playing Minecraft... It came out like on Thursday, I think, Wednesday or Thursday of, of last week, uh, the week just gone. I've just been like immersed in it. I, it's so good on the on the Vita. It's just so good. And I also found an, a setting that I'd not found before, which has basically given me the perfect way to play Minecraft. So in the difficulties, like when, when you start up a new world to play, one of the options that you get is difficulty. And one of the selections is peaceful. So there are no bad guys in the game. There's no one trying to hurt me or destroy my creations. So I've just been just basically exploring and building in peace 
for the last few days. <laughs> and I de- this is definitely my favorite way to play Minecraft on the Vita. Like having it on the screen right in front of you and using like the analog sticks and the and the you know the the buttons on the Vita is it's perfect for it. It just really it feels like it was this is the platform that it's for, you know? Because you have the full game and you can kind of do anything. You can play online if you want to. I've not done that yet, but hmm. um I've been I've just been building this world and and I basically I set up a base so like to give you an idea of the things that I've been doing, I set up a base camp as I always do and I started building that out. Um, then I started to tunnel down through the floor of my base camp, tunneling, 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 and then I broke through um, a block and found this cavern full of lava and different materials, and I've just been tunneling through this cavern, and then yesterday, oh no, um, earlier today, I decided that I wanted to add another story to my house, so I built up, and then I uh, built myself a little um, balcony, We've uh, got some glass doors, and this is just this is just like I let my imagination kind of just just go with with Minecraft, yeah. and it's like I just get these ideas, and I'm like, I want to see what happens if I do this, and then I just start doing it. Um, I'm I'm yeah, I, I just love this game. It's so different to any other type of video game that I've played. Um, it, it couldn't, you know, a game like a good a game couldn't make me happier than this does at times. It's it's a masterpiece. So this is a basically on under Vita. It's a giant portable um sandbox where you can yeah. do anything. I can do any anything. I can anything that is possible. I'm able to do it. If that makes sense, you know, like I can build anything. I can go anywhere. I can do anything that I want to do. It's it's you know the limit is my imagination, Federico. I really, really want you to play this game. Okay, yeah. Um, Davida, like, like I told you, um, perfect. No problem at all. Um, I will download it. Um, when do I go back to Rome? On Tuesday. I will download it on Tuesday, Mike. Good. How, how much is it on the PSN? It's not, I can't remember. It's not very expensive. If it was more than £15, I'd be surprised. Cool. Yeah, perfect. So like, like I was saying, Mike, um, um, now that the the Apple news cycle are hopefully over, you know, no big news anymore. Uh-huh. Um, I'm back to video games, man, full time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been I've been feeling so guilty, but also I've been seriously missing, you know, those couple of hours each day where I just kick back and relax uh, with video games. Um, you know, because it's um. The main job that I have for Mac Stories, uh, when there's an Apple event, whether it's a new iPhone or a new Mac, it, you, I need to write every day. And I've been missing video games so much. And I've been feeling guilty, not just for myself, but also for the show. Um, because I want to play more games. I want to play new games and follow the news. Um, I need to balance uh, better, I think, during these periods uh, when there's a major Apple news stuff and also... Um, my hobby that is not, not only just a hobby anymore, uh, I, I will try to do better. But I, um, I can't wait to start playing again. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to leaving my job and then being able to put that time in. I mean, because video <laughs> games is like the hobby now for me. Yeah, um, it will be because yeah, this the, the the podcasts are currently the hobby. So video games will become the new hobby. So I'm looking forward to putting more time into. Plus, you know, between now and and sort of the end of December, there's a bunch of great games coming out. 
Yeah, I gotta I gotta update my calendar schedule. I have a I have a calendar for video game uh, releases. Yeah, I, I put them into my this. calendar. Yeah, and um, there's a Super Smash Brothers coming out for the Wii U mm-hmm. on in next month. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that I missed for the Nintendo 3DS, like Fantasy Life and um, what's the other? There's a new Persona game coming out, Persona Q, I think. Uh, also for the 3DS. And of course, I gotta decide whether I'm getting or not a PS4. But maybe that's for Christmas. And uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff, man. New Pokemon. New Pokemon. You know, um, I got a, I got a demo um, code Yeah. from a, from a reader of Mac Stories. I still gotta thank the guy <laughs> over email. Um, yeah, he sent me a code. I, I think I can download uh, the demo. Like... Right now. Yeah, because you need codes. Yeah. I don't know where you get them from. If I get a code, Mike, I will send you a code too. Thank you. If anyone yeah. has a code, want to send it to me, please do. Um, yeah. I'm. The more and more I see of the new 3DS, the more and more I want one. Oh man! Oh man! They're so good. I'm pretty. Did you see the, the new face plates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm. I'm pretty set on the fact that I'll probably get the smaller of the two. Yeah, now. yeah, same. Yeah. Um just because of the face plates and I want the colored buttons. Yeah. Um yeah, super super excited. Super did you excited. see did you see the news that in the new Pokémon remakes you can fly freely? Yes. I oh my god, that that's, that's awesome, right? That's that's amazing. So you are in control of the of, yes. of fly now instead of the And you j- can spot little little houses and people down on the ground. Yeah. Awesome, um, Mike. Yeah. Before we before we talk about um, a couple of links that I saved, and I know that you've been trying to uh, basically find old stuff at your house. Well, so I was I was doing some clear up. Um, okay. Last weekend, and I came across a bunch of old Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance games. Um, basically all of the Pokemons, like red, blue, yellow, um, et cetera, et cetera. I just, just loads, just, and like uh, a bunch of Zelda games and old Mario games. Like I just found everything basically that, that I played over the, over my history. So, and I also found a Game Boy Advance. I found a, um, it was a Sapphire edition Advanced, like special edition Pokemon of uh, Game Boy Advance. So it was like a Pokemon Sapphire Game Boy Advance special edition thing. It had I can't remember the name of the um, the legendary Pokemon from the top of my head, but it has that sort of like in- engraved on it. I'll put links to the pictures of these in the show notes. Um, so I tried to power up this Game Boy and it wasn't working. Um, it wouldn't power up. So I went on to Amazon and bought a secondhand Game Boy Advance SP. But I bought the one that I've always wanted, which was the NES special edition one. Nice. And it's I love it. I mean, it doesn't it's not in the greatest condition. Like it's clearly used. Um, but it's awesome. I'm I'm really happy that I have it. It's it's one that I've wanted for forever, basically. And uh, now I own one. And so I'm gonna I'm looking I'm actually gonna break out the old Pokemon games and try and play through some of them again. Nice. Yeah, I, I really want to play the new remakes. Um, 
Is the the legendary of Sapphire Kyogre, for instance? Uh, Ky- Ky- Kyogre? Kyogre? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, the the blue flying thing, right? It's like a whale. Like a whale with wings. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Awesome, man. Yeah, uh, the new. You know, I told you I couldn't get into uh, Pokemon X and Y. Because like like I don't know the new Pokemon, maybe it's you know I I don't know all these new things, but the remakes, I uh, I mean I played um, you know the the Robin Suff- Ruben Suffer games so much, um, I really want to get these, <laughs> so yeah um I gotta download the demo code and and see what's up. Mike um, I have I have some links for you. Uh huh. Before I talk about this, um, is there anything you want to tell me? Yes, we have a new sponsor for Virtual, and I'm so excited to talk about these guys. It's Brave Wave. Now, in their words, Brave Wave is the best independent music label that you've never heard of. And I definitely agree with the first part. You know, to say say you've never heard of them makes it sound bad, but, you know, they they make incredible stuff. They make good music that's rooted in video games and nostalgia. And they've composed music for such games as Shovel Knight, which everybody knows that we love. I've been playing some Shovel Knight as well, Federico, this week. Very happy. And also an upcoming Adventure Time game too. Brave Wave is headed by the composers of Mega Man, yes, the very first 1988 game Mega Man, Ninja Gaiden, Metal Gear Solid, and a few more. These guys have some serious credentials when it comes to making video game music and soundtracks. For listeners of Virtual, the guys and girls over at Brave Wave are giving a special 10% discount on their catalogue of award-winning albums. And this is some seriously fantastic stuff. This is the music that I listen to whilst I work. So it's like great sort of you know chip tunes or just, just fantastic soundtracks and instrumental music from video games and or inspired by video games. Now, Brave Wave have given me a couple of recommendations of what you should get started with. So go to their website, which is store.bravewave.net, and look for World 1-2. Oh, my God, that's so great, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> World 1-2, I own a copy. Uh, I bought a deluxe copy. It's so it's amazing. Seriously. Uh, there's a bunch of Metroid tracks mm-hmm. uh, with remixes. Um, it, I, I have the CD in my car. Um, I can personally tell you it's amazing. Go get World 1-2 because it's awesome. So there you I'm go. sorry. <laughs> if, you should definitely do that on Federico's recommendation, if not anything else. And also Influx, which I really love. Um, so this is an Influx is not, it's not familiar game remixes. It's all new music from the musicians Silent Hill, Evanescence, Mega Man, Spelunky, and so many more. So it's basically like it's new music, but it's all inspired by the great video game culture and music that surrounds it. So go to store.bravewave.net and use the code VIDEOGAMES. That's all one word, video games, when you check out to get that 10% off and indulge in this world of fantastic video game music. Let me tell you, the song that I really like is number three on CD1, The Cold Ruins of a Once Great City yeah, from Metroid great. Prime. That's, yeah, that's super great. good. Yeah, super good track. Uh, so, Mike, you remember when I told you, um, what was that, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I can't remember. It was a while ago. Um, about a Green Fandango remake coming yeah, to the yeah, PS4 yeah. and Vita and Mac. Well, there's been the first footage at Indicate, 
um, Double Fine, um, they brought a PS an early PS4 version of the game, and basically still a work in progress, right? They are basically remastering the entire game. You can see there's a, a new HD version of the main character, and they're also going to, um, you know, to 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 remake uh, the backgrounds and the textures. Uh, it looks great. The the only screenshot. Uh, with the with the remastered version of the the main character looks great, and um, it's really you know I, I'm really excited about this game uh, because I've always heard great things about Green Fandango. It's just that unless you want to pirate the game, you cannot play legally today. So I look forward to getting the new remastered version for the PS4. And now this is may sound a bit crazy, Mike. Um, but I, I saw the article on Kotaku and then I watched the video, so uh, I wanted to tell you and our listeners about this. Um, there's, a, there's a guy on YouTube and on Twitch. Um, he managed to beat three games at once with a speed run. So he finished these games in a very uh, short amount of time and he played three games simultaneously at the same time. What? Yeah, it's <laughs> so this guy is playing Mario 64, Zelda Corina of Time, and um, GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64 all at once. And it jumps from controller to controller to controller during the idle times of each game. Nah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I can tell you there's no, there's no <laughs> trick. There's no, the guy is speedrunning and playing three games at once. It's combined. It's like multiple games, but also speed runs. So, it's, you know, he does all these little tricks to, to be faster and to, you know, jump entire areas of a game. It's crazy. Go watch the video and follow the guy on Twitch because it's, it's awesome. I mean, can, can you imagine, Mike, playing three games at once? I don't even understand how it's possible. I mean, this sounds like a great time-saving technique. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we could just buy three games and play it all. The time. Pretty sure I would like die. I have a bunch of games I want to play. Why not just play them all at once? Well, you gotta buy three consoles eh. and three TV. I mean, I have a few consoles. You know, how many TVs do you have? Oh, I have one TV. Yeah, that's a good point. Only one. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get to work on that though because that definitely seems like a, a way to play more games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the the next. Interesting link that I saved uh, was uh, in response to uh, something that we talked about about Super Smash Brothers and the problems with eShop. And in fact, there was an article on Wired uh, about the very problem of Nintendo and their their online infrastructure for these games. And the author of the the article, which you know I can't remember the name, um, Basically, he says that the game is awesome and everything, you know, is Super Smash and people are going crazy and it's a really good game. Um, but the problem with Nintendo's uh, eShop system that you can transfer, uh, you know, your data and, you know, it's it's a very uh, primitive online system. This is going to this is going to be a problem for Nintendo as more and more people uh Buy these you know, these games with you know with online components with uh, and the kind of games like Smash Super Smash Bros. You know, if I lose my progress, I'm going to be upset, and and it definitely seems like Nintendo needs to figure out some sort of solution 
because right now the rumor is that Nintendo is, you know, thinking about a new system for the next generation of consoles with better communication between, you know, the portable system and the home system. But it seems to me that we've seen this with Animal Crossing, we've seen this with uh, uh, now with Super Smash, there's going to be a, a Wii U version. Nintendo needs to have a better solution for the eShop and for, you know, the process of using the same account on multiple consoles or, you know, transferring your data from one console to another, not forcing me to have my data on just one console at a time. It just doesn't make sense, right? And, and I think that the article makes a good point. The games are awesome. Uh, the, uh, all the other stuff, not so much. Hmm. I don't know. You, you, you know, you've been... Uh, I mean, you, 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 you went through all these issues on your own. So I'm sorry if this is painful to talk about for you. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of... Um... Faith. faith yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's so so I, you know I don't, I don't know but i'm interested to i hope that they're able to do it are they yeah i, I don't know but it's just yeah as you say I'm not, I'm not very hopeful that they will be able to well let me let me give you another link that hopefully restores your faith in nintendo related topics um have you seen this crazy video game collection app for sale on eBay? Yeah, I have. Have you bought it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the money together. Oh yeah, you're trying, right? Yeah, With yeah, uh, yeah. do you have donations or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to set up so, a Patreon for it, I think. Yeah, there's going to be a long Patreon. <laughs> um, so there's this guy on. Uh, He's known as uh, what's the username? He's always using the same username. He's um, Nintendo Twizzer. Nintendo Twizzer, right? Uh, this guy has uh, has collected thousands, I would say, of video games over the over the years, and he has this crazy collection of primarily focused on Nintendo consoles, starting from uh, the NES to the. Uh, the SNES, the Game Boy, the Nintendo 64, all the other consoles. But he also has uh, old Sega consoles, uh, a bunch of PlayStation stuff, and he has an entire room dedicated with, you know, professionally designed shelves and you know closets to to his collection. All these, uh, it's five thousand games, right? And he's selling them for one hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars. 50 games for 50 different console systems and it sounds crazy i I mean why would you sell this kind of collection like Uh, you gotta look at the images you gotta look at the photos we're putting some links in the show notes which are at relay.fm slash virtual slash nine and you'll see them for yourself like it's just insane Insane. so look at the photos look at the at the uh, google docs link there's the entire uh like a spreadsheet with all the the list of games, and you uh, and you would say, why is this guy selling this goodness? And the reason is pretty simple. The guy's buying a new house. They're expecting another child, and you know, I would sell my video game collection for my for my you know for a new house, and if I had a child, and it, and it makes sense. Um, he doesn't want to stop collecting video games completely. He's saying that if he manages to sell the collection and you know, he's going to build his new house, he's going to uh, raise his new child, and then maybe someday he will start collecting again. And he says that um, his primary uh, methods for finding games or 
you know, the usual suspects like garage sales and thrift stores. And um, he says that some of the, um, you know, the, the, the rare uh, titles in his collection, he had to use online systems, so eBay or other online stores. But for the most part, he managed to, he managed to find all these games with, with garage sales and like used copies and people who don't know what to do with these games anymore. And it's amazing because it's an insane collection. You gotta look. Have you seen, Mike, the custom shelves that he yeah. built? I mean, it's insane. I don't know how you'd get them out. In, I guess, a lot of boxes. Like, I just don't know how anybody could move this amount. Like, like with truck. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You can look to the guy, though. I mean, I've got a lot of, res- I got a lot of respect for him. Like oh yeah for do for you know for for selling it off for his family yeah like yeah you because know, this is a this is more than a collection like this, this is, is a life I think yeah. a labor of love seriously yes. yeah it's like a whole huge massive thing like the idea of building custom shelves and these custom shelves aren't just built custom shelves for size they've also got like the logos yeah. like laser etched into the wood yeah. like it's insane like you could tell that this guy is clearly the thing that he loved um so and he's selling nice. you know for his family and cheers to the guy i mean it's it's great that he, you know he's he's done a video and an auction on youtube and he's he's been responsive to the press he's done interviews i mean great guy I Sounds hope like someone a great guy. buys it there's no bids yeah. at the moment yeah but i mean it's a lot of money yeah it's 165 $164,000. i hope someone does buy it yeah yeah, so so that's my collection of links, Mike. Um, if you had the money, if you were well, a millionaire, Federico, if I were for a million, what would I do with money? No, no, no. If you were if you were a millionaire, would you buy this collection? I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, man. What would you Have do you with s- them, though? Look at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Every once in a while, if if I were the kind of guy with like rich billionaire, I would have a room for uh, like a dedicated room for all my favorite activities. So I would have a, a music room, I would have a, like like a coffee room and a game room. And in the video game room, I would have this kind of collection. And I don't know, one day I want to play Super Mario Bros. 3, I go play Super Mario Bros. 3. Another day I want to play the original, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation, I go there and play it. Then I look at it, then I you know, take a couple of photos and I tweet them and I'm happy. Also, I'm happy because I'm a billionaire, but, you know, <laughs> in that case. Um, yeah, it will, it will be nice to be a billionaire <laughs> and to have this collection. Instead, we got, we got, to, we, we got to, to talk about it on the podcast, which also makes me happy. So. It's the dream. We'll still be a billionaire, you know. I'm just thinking about, like, this, this video game room, you know. The video game room, yeah. You and me, we, we could we could record virtual in the in the video game room. Coming Look to you live ca- from the video game room. <laughs> Look at the custom shelves and the laser etched logos. Yeah, would be nice. I'm also kind of stalling for the next topic. Uh yeah, yeah. We we need to talk about it. So um, we needed to talk about it many weeks ago. Uh, we waited, you know. And now it feels like we uh, we want to we we need to and we want to I guess at this point right yeah at least that's how I feel. Let me address I, the want part 
in a moment. Before we do that, I want to thank our second sponsor for this week's episode, and that is our friends at Dash. Dash is a super cool website that I've fallen in love with recently. It allows you to quickly create real-time custom dashboards. These dashboards, they live in your web browser, and they allow you to get a visual overview of important data for your website, business, or even your life. Dash allows you to pull in data from a variety of different sources around the web. This is dozens of These dozens of pre-built widgets enable you to be able to keep track of some of the things that are most important to you. Maybe you need statistics from Google Analytics or Twitter. What about Chartbeat, GitHub, app figures, and so many more. Also, if you are so inclined, you can also create your own widgets that display your own custom data in your Dash dashboard. Dash have an API that allows you to share data from Dropbox or the web and create custom widgets like tables, speedometers, line charts, or you can even use iframes to do everything yourself. With Dash, I have a really good overview of what's happening with the Relay FM Twitter stream. Uh, Federico can have his wifing scale show up in Dash. There are people that have like whole fitness dashboards that they share with the community, so you can see all that sort of stuff, which is really cool. So you could have like um, you could have your scale. You could have some information about some runs that you want to do. Maybe you could have some weather information. So you could kind of start to like plan it all out. It's it's so cool, and their pricing model is really interesting as well. So it's all like GitHub. Everyone gets unlimited public dashboards, so you can share this data live with the Dash community. So any dashboard that you create in the free account, it's shared with the community. And But that's what's really cool is because of that, you're able to go into the explore function of Dash and take a look at what other people are doing, get inspiration and, and things like that for your own dashboards. But if you upgrade to their pro account, which is $10 a month, you also get unlimited private dashboards too. So these are just for you to see with the private information you want to keep private. Dash is currently running an awesome limited time promotion for listeners of Relay FM. If you sign up for a free account right now at thedash.com, that's T-H-E-D-A-S-H.com, you'll also get one private dashboard in addition to your free accounts on limited public dashboards. There's no credit card required to take advantage of this, and you'll keep that private dashboard forever. This is a really good offer that you should definitely be taking advantage of. There's nothing to lose, so go try them out now. Sign up for an account, you'll get a private dashboard as well as public dashboards there's nothing to lose so go sign up right now at the dash.com and thank you so much to dash for supporting this show and relay fm so federico mentioned that we've kind of this is a topic that we should have discussed weeks ago and it's the whole gamergate mm-hmm. and women in gaming thing now i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna there's a couple of things that i want to talk about up front with this federico okay so this is like a plea to listeners of this show, just as a favor to me. There is definitely going to be things that we say that yeah. could be misconstrued as not being 100% correct. Um, we may, I know that this is a very sensitive topic, so we may accidentally, purely accidentally offend people because they think that we may. You know, basically, you see this a lot, right? People talk out about this, and then people say, "You said this about this." And you know, so I just want people to understand that upfront, there is nothing more that me and Federico want than for this situation to be fixed, and that it is a disgusting and abhorrent thing that is happening. You know, if, if you are not aware of all of this, we're going to go into it in a moment. Um, and the other thing is, you know, you mentioned the want. I have not wanted to talk about this. Not because I don't think it's the right thing to do. 
I just didn't want to have to have this conversation. This show for me yeah. is a fun show about video games. We don't really talk necessarily about news as much. Like we do, but we don't always go into it. We don't go into things that are happening in the video game community. Like we don't talk about corruption in video game journalism. We talk about games that we like. You know, I've been talking about the Game Boy Advance today. Like we just talk about the things that we enjoy. Yeah. So that's why up until now we have kind of just tried to not talk about this topic. Yeah, we we wanted to wait and see um, you know is this going to be fixed on its own or not? And yeah. It looks like it, it won't. And it's getting worse. So now now we just have to talk about it because I want to get my my feelings out into the world and yeah. I know that you want to do the same, so I think yeah. that this is No, especially is because right time. a lot of the a lot of the people I know um online um, some closely others remotely no um are getting you know they've been affected by by this and and um and even if this show is a, is about fun and we gotta realize uh as, a, as you know you and me but also our listeners we gotta realize that you know fun isn't always you know life and in general communities uh, and in general hobbies are aren't always fun and sometimes there's a uh, bad stuff happens, and other times um, you need to to stop and realize that there's a there's a there are problems that may be putting your fun uh, at risk. And I feel like um, this uh, GamerGate uh, situation uh, is one of those, and especially because, uh, like I told you. People I know have been affected by this, and also uh, you, your plea to the listeners. Um, I also want to say that because, uh, and I speak for me right now, because I'm white and I'm male, I may say things that are limited to my perspective. And if I say those things, please let me know. I'm trying my best to, you know, because I was raised in an environment and a culture that is limited, right? Uh, I'm white, I'm male, I live in Italy, I've been raised with a pretty traditional um, set of values and, and thoughts and beliefs. And so while living on the internet and working on the internet has made me more open to others and to other ideas, there, there certainly will be things that I assume or that I implicitly uh, think or say that are going to be wrong. So please tell me when I'm wrong, because you can only do me a favor. And I don't want to upset anyone. I whatever I say, please let me know if I'm wrong. That's all my disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. The other thing about this GamerGate situation is I don't understand it. Okay, like, so I've tried to understand it. Okay, I've so read articles. I, please, yeah, it's just so difficult for me to wrap my head around. So I will explain. Um, I, w- I will tell you what the the branding is because there's a. Like, the, there's a Gamergate brand, and there's a Gamergate problem. The problem is much, much, much worse. The Gamergate, uh, as a brand, as a campaign, is pretty easy to understand. So a couple of months ago, uh, I think it was in late August or early September, I think two months ago, um, you know developer Zoe Quinn, right? Yeah. She made um, Depression Quest, uh, which is a... I haven't played the game, but many people say that it's a great game that helped a lot of people understand depression. And fight depression, uh, especially. Um, a couple of months ago, there was a blog post by um, by an ex-boyfriend of uh, Zoe, and um, 
it was one of those awful things that happen when a relationship ends and one of the two sides starts revealing all personal, you know, private information and private stuff. And this wasn't just about, you know, uh, there's a, there was an entire blog, not just posts. There was m- multiple posts on the blog dedicated to exposing, allegedly, um, details of Zoe's personal life and relationship with this guy um, because the guy felt like he accused Zoe of being a liar and of um, the, the, the main problem was that according to him uh, Zoe slept with um, a video game journalist a journalist in, a, in exchange for uh, positive coverage and the journalist in question uh, wrote for was writing for Kotaku and as soon as this this thing happened, this website dedicated to to do you know to expose all this past relationship, which is super wrong and uncool, and I just cannot understand why would anyone do this. But as soon as this thing happened, um, some people uh, got together under the a, move, a movement, right? It didn't have a name. Uh, but people got together, these gamers, right? And they 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 said, "Oh, look, this female developer." And I'm getting to uh, this in in a few minutes. This female developer slept with other men to get positive coverage. And this uh, all these people got together, and they 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 kind of you know they they bend it up, and they they started to make a big fuss about ethics in video game journalism. So they thought, that, hey, look, at this example of a female developer doing this stuff according to this guy um, in exchange for coverage uh, on video game websites. So aside from the fact that this, this is just awful, um, ending a relationship and writing a, a blog to expose all private information. I mean, this guy published screenshots of uh, chats between him and, and Zoe. And, you know, uh, it's it's worse than gossip. It's, I mean, this is just awful. Like, it's terrible. Why would you, why would you publish this personal information, this personal history with, with another person? Um, also, the, the reaction, uh, you, you can see the seeds of Gamergate uh, at this point. It's not called Gamergate yet, uh, but you can see that the reaction to a guy shaming an ex-girlfriend, and because she's a woman, uh, of course, all these people, all these gamers uh, thought, yeah, of of course the guy is right and the woman is wrong, because the woman slept with other journalists to get coverage. Um, But this movement didn't have um, a name yet. So what happens? What happens next is just it keeps getting terrible. Uh, so all this group of people, um, these are the people that have been hanging out in different parts of the web for years. And by different parts, I mean usually 4chan and Reddit and anonymously on Twitter. And these people all get together and start threatening and harassing Zoe. And and I'm not talking about you know um, just mean tweets but i'm talking about serious 
death and rape threats and personal accusations of, you know, exchanging sex for favors in the press and, you know, using, using feminist tactics to raise funds. And, and these people just completely lashed out at Zoe because of this guy writing these blog posts and formed this idea, uh, which is going to be the, 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 the root of Gamergate, this idea that they need to fight corruption in video game journalism. And the problem, besides the fact that from a human level, from a basic human level, exposing the details of your personal relationship with another human, you know, it's just terrible because nobody should be able to know your, you know, your relationship with another, uh, with another person. person. Mm -hmm. um, besides this, um, it's also, even if we, even if we, if we say, okay, is this true? Um, no, it's not. Because uh, um, as Kotaku has uh, stated multiple times, they did an internal investigation on whether uh, this exchange happened. Um, it didn't happen. It never happened. There was never a review of Zoe's game on Kotaku. Um, there was just a single link in a roundup of... Um, uh, there was basically a link to Zoe's blog post. It's just like like if I if I'm on Mac stories and I and I link to you, Mike, and I link to Steven and I link to I don't know Matt Alexander in the same post, uh, and I say things like, "Oh yeah, my my podcaster friends, Steven, Mike, and Matt," and there was a link to Zoe in that way in a news roundup. There was a a, a link to Zoe, and uh, there was never a full review of the game. The guy wasn't dating <laughs> Zoe at the time of, you know, this uh, news piece for Kotaku. There was never an exchange, there was never a review, a review of the game, there was never anything about what these people uh, allegedly uh, think it's worth fighting for. But this idea of uh, fighting ethics in video game journalism started there, from Zoe Quinn. And the problem is that it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just the... If this stuff with Zoe Quinn didn't happen, right, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be this movement. Because this movement didn't rise from a genuine intention of exposing corruption in video game journalism. This movement arised as a consequence of a blog post about, you know, exposing the details of a personal relationship and accusing a woman of sleeping with other men in ex in, in, to obtain positive coverage. This movement, this movement isn't honest and genuine at the very basic level because it, it, it was formed from accusations, from sexism, from, you know, going against a, a single individual who happens to be a woman. And the, the Gamergate name itself, <laughs> um, you know, have you ever watched the uh, Chuck TV show? No, but I'm familiar with it. Okay, there's a guy, uh, an, act uh, an actor, his name is Adam Baldwin, right? Yeah. Um, I think last month, um, he was talking about this, um, this uh, fighting corruption in video games. So, um, for some reason, a website interviewed Adam Baldwin about video game journalism. And he said, I'm not an avid gamer. I'm, I don't play 
uh, video games myself much. But we need to fight um, corruption in video game journalism. And we need to, we need to fight for ethics. And he coined the Gamergate hashtag and name. And so, um, yeah, it, that's just how it happened. Last month, this guy, uh, this actor, um, just coined the, the term Gamergate because he felt like gamers were in danger uh, because a corrupted video game press was uh, about to killing them, about to kill them, and to kill the community and to kill, you know, the gamer idea. Basically, what you need to understand is that all this started from, at least in, in when I say all this, I, I say these past two months, because as I, as I will tell you in a few minutes, uh, all these problems go way, 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 way back with trolls and with uh, threats online on 4chan or Reddit. But the modern history of Gamergate starts with Zoe Queen a couple of months ago, um, and then Adam Baldwin coined uh, the term Gamergate. Um, the problem, well, I mean, the other problems, um, and tell me if you want to ask anything about it. It's just that I've been reading so much about, you know, yeah. uh, in the past few months and weeks. Um, after all these uh, Zoe Queen uh, blog posts and Kotaku thing, um, a lot of people started saying, this is not right, this is not okay. And this stuff about ethics and corruption is BS, because we, this is not about an a honest willingness to fight corruption. This is just, uh, this is just you know, um, they're just pretending, pretending to care about ethics in journalism as an excuse uh, for uh, pushing women out of the industry and silencing women and other voices and other uh, minorities because they want to keep the status quo, because they want to uh, make sure that the games they know and love are going to stay, to stay the same way forever. What happened next uh, is, um, is interesting and also very, very concerning. Um, if you follow... The video game industry at all. You may be we may you may f be familiar with names such as uh, Anita Sarkeesian and Brianna Wu and Lee Alexander. And um, Lee Alexander writes for um, many many different websites. She's a she's a freelancer, right? She's a freelancer, yeah. and you may have seen her work on Gamma Sutra. Uh, if you follow, uh, you know, the, the video game press. But she's a fantastic writer, and and. She's just amazing, right? And I enjoy every single article of uh, Lee Alexander, and I even bought her book on the iBook store. Um, I think I can remember the title now. But she's amazing, right? I really like how she writes. And um, after this um, Zoe Queen story, um, she wrote an article, a heavily criticized article by the Gamergate audience on Gamma Sutra, where she argues that She's telling game developers, hey, look, gamers, so-called gamers, don't have to be your single audience because gamers are over. And this is just the title and one of the, um, you know, the, the most um, shared quote of this article. But basically, she says, 
Developers and writers alike want games about more things and games by more people. And she says that as games evolve as a, as a, as a cultural medium, as games evolve as a cultural phenomenon, we are going to get games about more topics by more people. And the ga- video games are inevitably going to be more inclusive. And anyone who doesn't want this will be on the wrong side of history. And so as a, if you're a developer, consider that these video games are changing. And you can either change with them or you can stay the same way forever. But just know that you're going to be limited because video games are not just about games anymore. Video games are culture. And as culture changes, we are going to get many, many different types of culture and many, many different types of people uh, participating in this phenomenon. After this article, that's when the things really, really get bad. If they weren't bad already for Zoe Queen, because uh, Zoe received all kinds of threats, death threats, rape threats, and... uh, she was forced, I think, out of her house. She started, uh, what's the name? Couch surfing, I think, is the name. You know, when you just um, go from house to house and friends uh, let you stay. Um, things were already bad, but they got worse after uh, Lee Alexander's article on Gamma Sutra. Um, so bad that aside from the threats and the harassment and uh, it's even it's difficult for me to 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 explain the kind of um, the amount of threats and of bad stuff that you can get so imagine getting dozens and dozens of tweets and emails and reddit comments and threats on 4chan about you and not just about you because uh, and not just I'm I'm not talking I'm not talking about criticism I'm talking about threats like I'm going to find you and kill you or I'm going to find you and rape you um, I'm talking about people doing the so-called doxing which is a uh, internet slang for posting private information about a person which is usually the home address and phone number bank account number um, or revealing names of people that choose to not share their names basically private information yeah, that private information, has been yeah. you know private so of course after these um Lee Alexander she got uh, also uh, all these threats and you know uh, these internet hate mobs uh, going after her. And so in all these, there was also Anita Sarkeesian. She's a, she runs Feminist Frequency, which is an awesome, uh, I would say, website. Uh, I don't know if they do other things besides still. I just follow the website and the Twitter account and the YouTube channel. Um, she she published, I think she, she did. I don't know what's the exact verb. I think she published uh, this video on YouTube, this series of videos about the role of women in video games. And it's a fantastic video <laughs> because it, it exposes from a cultural and from a historical level the kind of um, treatment that women got in video games history. And showing things like 
games usually let you kill women in the form of prostitutes or as uh, lap dancers. And only in recent years we've, we have seen video games with women or girls as uh, lead protagonists. Otherwise, we've always been used to, you know, to kill women in video games because usually they covered those roles or usually they were, you know, women were depicted as stupid in video games. So she did this comprehensive and interesting and well-narrated video. It's called um, Women vs. Tropes in Video Games. Um, I seriously recommend the video. Uh, it, it is going to open your eyes to the problem if you, if you, if you don't know already. And so after this, after Zoe Queen, after Lee Alexander, um, Anita Sarkeesian, Feminist Frequency, and this video, things were really bad. And Anita also was, uh, I think she, re- she received multiple threats, all kinds of uh, tweets, 4chan. And again, I, I will not say I will not repeat these threats on, on this podcast. Uh, if you just go to to any video game website that has covered the topic, you can see the screenshots on your own. Um, you could just search Twitter for them. Or you can just you search know. Twitter. You can just see the replies to, to these uh, three women uh, online and you can realize what exactly is going on. And this may sound difficult for you to understand if you've been if you've been thinking about video games as just, yeah, I, you know, I come back from work and I play some Tetris. Uh, this may sound difficult for you to understand why are people threatening other people over video games, but this stuff is happening and has been happening for years. It's just that now has been concentrated in a, in a couple of months under a banner name. And um, so, yeah, we... Up until because of because of the fact that there's a name, it's intensifying. Yeah, because and because it's a hashtag. A, yeah, yeah, they have a cause to rally around. Like it's dragging up sexists, basically. Yeah, is what's and happening. so let me let me let me arrive to to last week, and then we can we can talk about our feelings and thoughts on on the, on the matter. Um, so last week, um, Brianna Brianna who of um, she runs a video game development company called Giant Space Cat. Um, and she's the host of, uh, well, one of the hosts of Isometric on 5x5. Yes. Yeah, she's a, she's a great person, I think. Um, we, we had some very basic human interaction, and she was very kind to me. And um, so last week, um, Brianna has also been very vocal about we need to make the video game industry better for women and we need to be more inclusive and we need to stop harassing women. We need to stop silencing women because our voices need to be heard. And she's been very active, right? And um, she's been, you know, talking to other women. She's been sharing her thoughts and feelings and advice as much as possible. And she's an example, right? She, she runs this female-only uh, video game company. Um, she's, uh, you know, she's one of the leading examples in, for this cause, because I think she's just a, you know, a good person overall. And so last week, um, she was watching, um, 
she was watching, I, I, I guess, uh, with a fake username. Uh, she was on 8chan. So 8chan, Mike, get this. Uh, there's a, there I are didn't some... even know this existed until Yeah, so there are some people, they are so aggressive and so vulgar and so, I don't know, so trolling, I would say, that not even 4chan wants them. Get this. They, they created another 4chan-like forum board called 8chan. So Brianna was on 8chan. And she was, um, she was, you know, she was talking, she was just looking at these people, talking about her and I guess other, other uh, women. And suddenly somebody posted a private information. And I'm, and I'm you know, um, like her husband's name, home address and phone number, I think, I don't know. And seconds or maybe minutes after uh, this individual posted or doxed her uh, on HN, she started receiving death and rape threats on Twitter. Just minutes after. And from a, clearly from a burner account made by somebody yeah. who just uh, called uh, the account, I think, Kill Brianna Who or something. Um, so she retweeted these um, threats and the whole internet and Twitter exploded with support. And also with the other side, which is not support, is more hate and more threats. Um, and last week, uh, Brianna was really, was really awesome in this because um, she was... Uh, so basically, she called the police, right? In... In Boston, I think, and the police advised advised to you know leave your house and find a safe place until we investigate this. So she was forced um, out of her home, and but instead of you know being silent, as many uh, people would do, because it you know on the face be, of it seems like the sensible thing to do, right? You especially if you stay see under the, the radar. Yeah, especially if you see the kind of threats. Yeah, you know that you get. Um, Instead of being silent or quiet about it, she's been even more vocal and active. She yeah, she's went, going on TV, right? She's, she's she went to national TV yeah. and and she talked to the B to the BBC, I think, to the Guardian, to she wrote blog posts and interviews. She was on MSNBC, you know, everywhere. And it's it, this, you know, this uh, latest set of threats sparked a major. Uh, they they were uh, the final push, I think, for getting people to understand that this Gamergate thing needed to be addressed and it needs to be over. Um, so, uh, just two days ago on Friday, after this latest episode of, um, I wouldn't even know what to say, but I would say threats, but it's, this is more than threats. After this latest episode, every major publication um, published their um, stance on Gamergate. So we have Polygon, we have Eurogamer, GameSpot, Giant Bomb. I'm missing uh, some of these probably. And everybody is now condemning Gamergate and these uh, threats and harassment and just this general attitude of being not inclusive, of not 
primarily women, but also other minorities, whether there's uh, transgender people or, you know, other black people, all kinds of minorities, right? Um, and and this, this to me sounds crazy that, that we even need to talk about this. Um, well, we need to talk about this. And so every major video game website is now saying, look, Gamergate, um, clearly some of you may be fighting this cause for your alleged interest in video ethics in video game journalism and corruption in video game journalism uh, but clearly the majority of you who have rallied under this banner of gamergate clearly those the majority of you have been uniting just to threat other people just to troll other people just to cause damage and just to laugh about it or as they would say in some circles on the on the web for the lols right and and this is just awful right and this needs to be over and so this is a brief history of gamergate mike basically it's a problem that's been going on for decades concentrated in a couple of months with a brand, so this is a really smart tactic, by the way, um, with a brand, with some strategy, with an agenda, um, but clearly it's a problem that's been going on forever, and it's a problem about not wanting to include di more diverse voices, people and cultures and subcultures into a, 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 you know, into a a medium into a phenomenon that's clearly culture and is changing with the times um, and wanting to keep the status quo because there's a this is not just about this is not not just about the enjoyment that you get out of video games this is about money this is about uh, a political agenda I think and let me tell you just an example these people of Gamergate they com they somehow convinced Intel you know the, the the CPU company um they convinced Intel to remove advertisements from Gamma Sutra because they because Gamma Sutra published the Lee Alexander article about gamers or they started a campaign against Polygon sending emails to Nintendo because Polygon criticized the sexism in the new Bayonetta game Bayonetta 2 oh, or they did they do all these other tactics right they email pop you know companies that advertise on video game websites because they say hey these video game websites they want to kill video games so why are you advertising on them so this is the ba really basic summary of Gamergate but what I want to talk about Mike is the is the underlying problem is that there are there are people who are who don't want to not just include more people in their hobby or in their culture or in their workspace or in their you know uh, circle of friendships. This is about people not even wanting to listen about the opinions of other people, and also people who are willing to threat online. And anonymously, of course, because I would challenge these people to um, to do it physically in real life. Uh, no, no, that sounds wrong. 
what I want to say is that I, want, I don't want to challenge anyone because, you know, these people are crazy enough to do it. Uh, what I wanted to say is that I don't think these people would do it for real. At least I would hope. Uh, I could be wrong. What I want to say, really, I'm trying to find better words because I realize that what I, what I say may, may sound wrong. What I would just want to say is that these people do it because they can do it online, uh, because they are anonymous and because there are no consequences. And so these people can gather on these forum boards and there's ju there just seems to be a profound hatred and, you know, hate for women especially and for the idea of being more inclusive and of, you know, we, maybe it could be beneficial to us if we listen to more diverse opinions and thoughts from other people who are different from us. And this is, this is difficult for me to talk about because I'm, I'm not a woman. I never, um, I never faced this kind of um, exclusion in my life. Um, on the other hand, it's likely, it's likely, right, that, that unconsciously and, and involuntarily, I have been sexist in my life. It's, it's possible, and I, I didn't even realize it, because the way that I've been raised uh, culturally uh, and the traditions that we have here, it could be that in my life I've I've, I have excluded women because I, I, because I thought that, you know, maybe this, I don't know, maybe this hobby is just for boys or maybe this other thing is just for men, right? Mm -hmm. but, it, but I think it's, it's important to realize that um, especially after you're grown up, right? We're, we're 26, Mike. Um, especially after you're grown up, it's important to realize, hey, what the hell am I doing, right? Um, we need to understand that historically women have been abused and excluded and they've been silenced and they needed to fight uh, to get their voices to be heard and they needed to fight to, um, you know, to, to get the same the same rights of men, that sounds absurd when you think about it, um, to get the same rights, the same level of respect, and the same level of inclusion in the workspace, in sports, in politics, in every aspect of life. Um, I'm just going to say that to me, started from the, from the Zoe Queen story to Lee Alexander's blog post, uh, to Brianna Hu, to... Um, Anita Sarkeesian, it's just crazy to me that there are, here there are these women, they are smart, they are intelligent, they, they know what they're talking about, and they're making fine arguments for the sake of evolving this medium. Uh, and they're, they're not just, you know, they're, they're making good arguments, and they're bringing up the facts and examples, and they're providing advice for improvement. And there are these people on the web and they're just, yeah, I don't care, whatever. Um, and they threaten other people and they lash out and they expose your private information and they, and they find an excuse to rally. Uh, it's, it's just awful to me. I, I cannot imagine why would you, why would you spend your time on this earth trying to ruin the lives of these other people 
because they want to make video games more inclusive, because they want to make video games more culturally mature. And, you know, they want to, to make better and more video games. And I just cannot understand why. And it, it doesn't really make any sense to me. I mean, it's pretty clear that this is not about ethics. This is not about corruption in video game journalism. There's a Polygon editorial about this. This is not really about ethics. Uh, because if you go read the code of uh, journalistic, journalistic ethics, you can see that clearly Gamergate doesn't identify with that. Um, this, is about, this is about excluding women. This is about making sure that uh, economic interests in the video game industry stay where they are. And this is about defending this um, self-proclaimed... Uh, idea of the gamer right the male gamer this is about defending this position in history or in an industry of the gamer and making sure that it doesn't that it's not undermined by by this change by the change of culture by the change of minorities getting a voice thanks to the to the web thanks to you know to youtube thanks to blogs thanks to you know modern society and uh, and it's crazy to me that there's other people who would they go through these lengths to threaten to silence other people i think personally i think that and and then i will hand the microphone metaphorically over to you mike <laughs> personally i think that it's inevitable as a any industry matures and, and evolves and changes. Culture is funny because you tend to associate culture with tradition, right? But culture is uh, intrinsically and in inevitably inclusive because it's different people and it's different ideas and different races that make up culture. And it's inevitable inevitable for for video games for or for movies or for books or for music to be to be made by different people by diverse groups of people um and it's crazy and it's strange that in video games in spite of the in spite of video games being based on technology that technology changes so fast and so rapidly that the people behind video games haven't changed uh, rapidly as well. They've been stuck on this idea of uh, the video game hobby being male-only, that they're missing out on the great things that expanding your culture gives you. And we're still referring to women in the video game industry as female game developer, not just game developer. So think about this. When you, when you, when you hear about Janis Joplin, when you hear about Paramore, you don't refer to those as female rock stars. You just say rock stars. And it's crazy that in video games, we're still saying things like female game developer. We're st video games are, are young, I guess. So it doesn't, it, it's not about technology being, being fast. So also the people behind video games are, you know, they can evolve. Uh, quickly. It's just that the medium is young and there's a lot of money in it. And the web can be a pretty scary beast. 
especially when you don't have measures such as uh, tracking IP addresses or making sure that everybody has a, a username. So when you get these forum boards and anonymous accounts, it's easy to get these people on board to threaten you. But we need to... I think that game... I, I want to believe that eventually Gamergate will be remembered by Brianna and by Anita and by other women as an awful, terrible moment. But in the in the in the big picture, I guess, it'll be it'll be remembered as an occasion for us to discuss this and to change and to make sure that this never happens again. So yeah. That was my my explanation, Mike. I have some stuff to say. Okay. Uh, but I want to just take a break for our final sponsor for this week's episode first, and that is our friends at Squarespace. They are the only one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin at checkout. A better web starts with your website. When it comes to finding a home for yourself online, there is nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all of the power into your hands and take away the pain points like having to worry about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. And it's just getting a whole lot better with Squarespace 7. Squarespace 7 is Squarespace's brand new platform. It's the evolution of their fantastic platform. They've taken everything that they've learned over years and years of powering millions of sites on the web to make their platform easier even better for you. They've got more fantastic templates. They all feature responsive web design. They've partnered with a bunch of people in different industries like music and art to create templates that cater to these professions. They've removed the idea of there needing to be a back end of your website. You know, most, including Squarespace with the version 6, you know, you'd have the front end where you do the design work. You have the back end where you go in and enter posts and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But the CMS, the, the content publishing part, basically they put it all into one view now so you edit not only the design of your site in real time but the content too it's incredibly powerful and it really helps you visualize exactly how your content is going to look because you're seeing it updating on your website in real time i am a squarespace customer i have been for many years mikehurley.net which is my personal website is on squarespace 7 now and i have implemented one of them fantastic new templates it's so easy to do the hardest thing is just deciding which one of these beautiful templates you want to use Squarespace has 24-7 support with their teams. They have dedicated teams in New York City, Dublin, and Portland to help you out with all of this. They have Squarespace Commerce, where you can get your own store. They've now partnered with Getty Images to provide you with a great deal on awesome stock photography at just $10 an image. They do custom domain names. You can get one for free if you sign up for a year. I can help you out with uh, Google Apps integration, email hosting, the whole lot. Squarespace are the complete package, and you should go and try them out. Start a free trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. Go to squarespace.com to sign up right now, and when you decide to purchase a plan, make sure that you use the offer code insertcoin, that's all one word, to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support of virtual. Thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of Relay FM and the podcast community at large. That's Squarespace, a better web Website, a better web, sorry, starts with your website. So, thank you, for one, for going through all of that. Sure. 
I feel like my views on this are potentially uh, the, the way that I feel about it fundamentally is maybe also not the best way to put things. But I think that the people that are kind of for this idea are just fundamentally not intelligent people. Because I cannot see a world in which you consider this to be an acceptable thing to do, even if this isn't something that you mean. Like, if you don't, if you don't really want to kill Brianna Wu, I understand that, because why would you want to kill her? But you shouldn't say it to her. Like, why would you do that? Like, what is wrong with you in your brain that that is something that you want to do? Why would you call a university and say yeah. that if Anita Sarkeesian does a talk, you're going to massacre students. Why would you do that? Like, what is, what is going on in your brain? Like, what idea, is yeah. in there that makes you do this? Like, I agree with you, Federico, that you and me and, and many men, even of our age, were brought up even in a world where there wasn't equality. And, and that potentially came from our parents, our parents' parents, our parents' parents. And as it's getting, as the years are going on, it's getting better. So we can now see how things should be better and we make that better for our children. But there are definitely times in my life where I've not thought of things equally for yeah. all genders and all races. I don't like that that's happened. And I do everything in my life and in my mind to try and break these ideas of things that I may have been taught growing up. Because as I've grown up, things are radically different, like from a racial equality standpoint to when I was a little kid. You know, in the last 20 years, those things oh, yeah. have changed a lot still. Yeah. And it's continuing to change. You know, you see it that companies still have equality reports where they say these aren't good enough and they continue to move on. We are supposed to be moving on. But you see things like this, and it's like it's a step back for the human race because it shows that there are people that are stupid enough that still consider these things that they have been brought up with to be factually correct. Like, we have been brought up in the same way. And we may have not, you know, that, like, for example, in my family, there are stereotyped gender roles. Yeah, sure. Which I don't believe in. Exactly. But there are other members of my family, the older generations of my family, that do. That's yeah, how like, they work. Like in Italy, I don't know, maybe it's the same everywhere, but there's the stereotype of the, you know, the, the woman stays at home and doesn't work, and instead mm -hmm. she cooks and she does the laundry, that, that kind of stereotype, which is crazy, right? It's, what the hell, it's just wrong. And, and instead, these people, they are stuck on this idea. And... Not only do they say, yep, yeah, I believe this, they also, they are dangerous. And they, you know, they threat people <laughs> and institutions. I mean, how can you, how can you write to a university and say, there's going to be a, a school shooting if you let this woman talk? What is this? This is... It's insane, right? I mean, but also what, what really upsets me is the, is the belief of these people that people like Brianna, like Anita and others, they, these people believe that they are feminists just because it's popular. And just because it's a, it's an easy way to get publicity, to get money, to get followers or fame, 
they, they treat feminism like an, like an adjective, like a, like a little tag that you put on your, on your chest and you say, hey, I'm feminist, am I cool now? They don't understand that there's been a real struggle for these women to be accepted and to be respected equally as men and in, in, in the workspace, in the industry, in the press, right? And instead, they think that th these women fight just for the sake of fighting, just because it's, it's the popular thing to do. And we also need to understand what kind of people are we talking about. Um, I guess that we are mostly talking about teenagers bending up on 4chan, uh, but there's also grown men. I believe. You see, with teenagers, like I could like to, I like to believe that they don't know any better. Yeah. Right. That they, they don't have the moral compass to to fully understand it. But I agree that that's an excuse for them that kind of they shouldn't be given. I mean, you should fundamentally understand right and wrong. That there's a there's a big difference between just like you know trolling and what this is. Um, the problem is also that when you when you we will, and I will tell you, Mike, we will get this feedback. We will get people saying Gamergate is not about trolling, it's not about death threats, it's not about, you know, all these other bad things. Gamergate is about exposing corruption. And that uh, I don't buy. Because um, if I have you... a view on this. Sorry. Yeah, because I've got this. I mean, it's, look, I, whatever. Like, it's, this is nothing to me compared to what other people are receiving. And I know that you've seen it too, because I've read your Twitter streams whenever you speak about this stuff. You know, people try and say whatever to us. If you are listening to this and you come from that stance, just stop calling it Gamergate. Give it another name. Yeah. If you why think, haven't you why? been fighting before for this? <laughs> but like, why? If why would you associate yourself with it then? If you think that you're actually doing something good here, oh, I don't say any of these threats to people. I just want to uncover the corruption in the game game journalism, of, of which I'm sure there is lots, right? Because I've been to some PR events. I know there's corruption in the game journalism industry, but there's there's corruption in all journalism, right? All yeah. journalism especially where there's products involved, is rife with corruption. If that's something you really want to fight, give it a new name and be clear about that. Don't join with these people that are doing these things who are also calling it Gamergate. If that is something you truly believe, then do that. Otherwise, I just simply don't believe you. And what you are doing, these people that contact us, I'll contact everyone and say these things, you're trying to, for some reason, cover it up. I don't know how you think that works. Like, because we can see what's happening. And if you take the text that somebody tweets at you and search it, you will find 25, 30, 100 accounts that say the exact same yeah. thing. Because I've seen it to me and to you. I've seen different accounts the exact same tweet. Yeah. Also, another tactic that they use is the is a military term called false flag, which consists of basically... So let's say Brianna says, I've been threatened and I'm being forced out of my home. These people say, hey, that's a false flag. It means that she created the account, she threatened herself, and now she's calling the authorities just for the to create a story, but everything is fake. 
And this is crazy, right? I mean, there's the FBI investigating the case. Uh, yeah, she would have been found out by now, I think. No, no, no. Clearly not, <laughs> uh, according to these people. Um, so you see that they, they, they've been convinced, I guess, by higher-ups in, uh, in this movement, if it can be called a movement. Um, they've been convinced to use these tactics because they are... I think they... They believe they are doing good in this world um, by doing this. If you if you genuinely believe that you want the your, your only problem, so look at yourself in the mirror and understand this. If your only problem is with video game journalists, reach out politely to these journalists and ask for a code of ethics. Ask for. Uh, I guess, you know, ask for comments on specific issues that you may have. Um, you know, and then write a blog reach post. out, write a blog, write a blog post, post. And just put it out into the world, but just stop pushing it but if into you, people. But if you have a problem with women in in the video game industry, if you have a problem with minorities speaking up, if you have a problem with people different from you having the right of an opinion, uh, you know. If your problem is with people, uh, you you know you are the problem, and uh, you you need to understand that not everybody in this world is like you, and you need to understand that video games, just like any other medium, whether it's music or movies or whether it's you know I don't know jogging or uh, I guess following Apple, um, every kind of community and culture and subculture will eventually be more inclusive. You need to come to terms with that because the world is changing, because we as a society are changing. And if you accept it, good for you. If you don't accept it, you're going to be left behind. And whether, I mean, this is a, we are drawing a line here, right? Either you are progressive and either you understand that there needs to be some basic level of human decency or you don't. And if you don't, good luck. But you're going to be left behind. And this is bigger than video games. And if you if we look, if we look at the at the bigger problem of other people threatening and to silence other people because they are women or because they're black or because they're gay or because they're part of another subculture. That problem, you need to. That's a. That's not exclusive to video games. That's also. Uh, we we could talk about the religion aspect of this, the politics. Uh, there's a. It's a much 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 bigger topic, so we can try. We cannot hope to fix you know the world. Uh, but when it comes to Gamergate, we can hope to talk about it and we can hope to... Because this is not about, you know, finding a common ground. There's no common ground for human decency. There's just human decency. And there's just progress and understanding that we are different, but we all have the same human rights. And so if you believe that a woman shouldn't develop games, um, that's absurd. And if you believe that black people shouldn't be part of video games or 
if you think that publications like Polygon or other video game websites shouldn't try to be more inclusive, more diverse, more, you know, to treat equality um, as an important aspect of their business, um, good luck because you're going to be left behind also. Um, this is not about finding a compromise between uh, Gamergate and the rest of the world. This is about Gamergate understanding that they're wrong, fundamentally. And there's that. I just feel really, really sorry for Brianna, for Zoe, Anita, and uh, the other women and minorities who have been affected by the actions of these people who have grouped under this banner. And hopefully the consequences uh, won't be awful and terrible and hopefully we will manage to find um, we will manage to find a, a positive aspect to all of this in the future hopefully hopefully we will grow up as a community and as an industry and we will you know use the lessons learned here to do better in the future I hope so at least I don't think I have much more to say. You know, also because we are men, right? And mm -hmm. we we cannot possibly understand all the difficulties and all the stories and all the you know the different aspects of being a woman and receiving these kind of threats. What it feels like, what what it you know, all the feelings about this, right? Because these people don't understand it. There are people on the other side of on the other side of the, of the modem, there are other people on on the other side of the screen. I I don't know. It's it must be super hard and awful and terrible and exhausting and sad. You know. So um, my only hope is that the video game industry and you know will will use GamerGate uh, and will try to remember it for not for the for the damage that it caused but for the awareness that he raised that we need to be better. And let's use it as a reminder that we cannot let these people ruin our lives, even if sometimes they, they get really close to it. Thank you so much to this week's sponsors, our friends over at Dash, Brave Wave and Squarespace. I'm Mike Hurley. I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. We'll be back next week for another episode of Virtual. If you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, go to relay.fm slash virtual slash nine. Until then, bye-bye. Arrivederci. <laughs>